going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check here. You don't seem a pretty sexy face, so you know I'm not alone. We're talking about AEW, so we finally got Guapo back. Hola, mis amigos. Señor Guapo's back again. And, uh, it's a really unfair comparison, because today we just had Super Showdown, which is making everybody really happy. But what do we have on Sunday, Guapo? Or Saturday, Guapo? That's right. It's Saturday. It is AEW Revolution. They're only like five years late from when NXT had their revolution. But anyways, how do you feel Doesn't about matter. this show? You know, you know I started off all, always the same way. How do you feel about this show going in? Uh, I'm hype. I'm actually hype. I'm ready for the show. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. The card is pretty stacked well. And I mean... Just just for what we're getting from AEW TV on a regular basis on every Wednesday night with Dynamite, they're giving us pay-per-view caliber matches on that for the most part. And it translates so well going to the, going to the pay-per-view matches. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It, it, Back it, to you, it Cotton. Is, it is. Before, before I do my typical... You know, Spaz's take on AEW shtick. I want to say there's a lot of awesome matches on this card, and yes. the I warned Guapo before we started. I have a lot of AEW related criticisms that I'm probably going to get out in this uh, video slash podcast wherever you're watching or listening. But I do want to say whatever those criticisms are, none of those things have to do with anything in the ring. What we're going to see in the ring, with the possible exception of one match, I'm going to be fair, um, mm-hmm. what we're going to see in the ring on Saturday is is going to be fucking phenomenal. And I will say, coming off the back of that Iron Man match we saw la- uh, last night, because we're recording this on Thursday, uh, Pac and Kenny Omega, uh, my, my view on Kenny Omega is still the same, sorry to say guys, but that match was fucking phenomenal. And, right. and if that's just the go-home show match, then we're on a pretty good tear. Now, now, I have something I want to say about AEW, and Guapo's going to tell probably tell me why I'm wrong or tell me why he thinks a little bit differently, and I, and I want that. So here's the thing. Here's my take on AEW currently. <laughs> AEW is the best thing out there that I hate. Because and you're wrong. Because no, it is. It's the best thing out there that I can't stand. Because as good as it is, it also drives me nuts. And I, uh, I could say it about the whole show, but I'm gonna say it about the elite guys specifically. They're not bad guys. They haven't done anything to piss me off or anything like that. But going into it, and this was a, a talking point for a long time. Uh, just one example of some of the things that they promised, right? They promised, you know, they weren't going to politic, they weren't going to be like the boss characters type thing, they weren't going to just, you know, march in there and give themselves the belts and march in there and give themselves all the main events or whatever. And they did that, and they kept true to that in a way that's even more obnoxious, if that makes sense. And my prime example of that, the Young Bucks, uh, towards the tail end of last year, had the first round tournament match against... Uh, Discount Street Profits. Can't think of their name. Private Party. Great match. I like Private Party. They're an entertaining team. Private Party won. And that was that was supposed to prove the whole, like, well, just because the Bucks are in charge doesn't mean they're going to automatically win all the time. But the conversation didn't become, hey, look, Private Party won. 
it became, hey, look at this nice thing that the Young Bucks did. So they didn't give themselves the win, but they still gave themselves the attention. And I have whatever whatever you want to call that feeling sort of hangs over the show a okay. little bit. Not so much with Kenny and Adam Page. I will give I will give him that because Kenny went on that, the whole slump thing. But with the Bucks and with Cody, like Cody went and he fought and he, you know, had the thing with Jericho last year. And okay, I'm gonna prove how much I'm not going to be in the title picture by immediately putting myself in the title picture and then immediately removing myself from the title picture. But I think as awesome as Chris Jericho is, which we're going to talk about later on, the, t- the story of that match didn't uh, present itself as, hey, Jericho defended his title. It's, oh my God, we can't have Cody in another title match. So even when losing, they keep the focus on them and yeah. there's so many good things in AEW, and I'm going to say this a lot. I've, I've got my favorite match of the night, and I think you can probably guess what it is, but we'll get there when we get there. They they take the focus off themselves in a way that entirely puts the focus on themselves. And it, it's this one overhanging feeling over the whole company that you, you just it, you can't help. And it's... It's awesome, and it's a great show, and they're great wrestlers, and I don't want to hate them for that, but it's like, okay, you, you said you wanted us to lose. Well, we're going to lose in a way where we're still the focus, even in loss. And it's very strange, and it puts a very weird spin on a lot of these matches that, as I say, I am looking quite forward to this weekend. I agree with you. Uh, so I agree with you in the point of they do put themselves in the matches – a lot more than, especially more than what they said they were they were going to do. However, it's only natural, I think, that they were going to be in those spots because every single one of them are main event caliber people. So you're going to use your main event people to main event. <laughs> but uh, see, but see, if that was the case, right? And especially, I mean, Kenny Omega, like. My thoughts on Kenny Omega aside, obviously the world sees him as a main eventer. I don't right. have a problem with that, and I don't have a main a problem with a main eventer being in a main event, but if you were going to do that, or if you were going to at least lean that way, or at least you were going to, like, put your put your own personal, you know, merchandising machine behind it in that way, don't go so hard in your early days telling us that you're not going to. Like, I think they, they, they over... What's the word? They overpromised on stuff that if they hadn't overpromised on, wouldn't bug me now. Right. Like we're we're going to have, like, when Brandy Rhodes got out there in the in the press conferences, whatever, is a, we're going to show you what a real women's division can be. And it's like, no. Hard no. Hard no. I was talking uh, with Jake DeMarco, who's become my NXT guy, uh, on one of the previews that we did. I just said, hey, Jake, you want to hear a joke? AEW's women's division. And that was it's, the joke. I mean, I, I can agree. It's not the best. It could be worse, but it's it not the best. It could be worse. Again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost the opposite of what, the problem that I have with the elite guys. Is You've got some women in there that are decent. First of all, you're pushing the wrong ones. Second of all, you don't make them feel important. Right. Like, we had uh, the go-home show... And I, I'm gonna, I swear to God, guys, I'm going to get around to the positive stuff, too. Um, but you had a fatal four-way uh, on, on Dynamite last night between four women that 
I, I like all of them. And all that match did was remind me that all these four women that I enjoy on this show tonight, none of them are in the title picture. None of them are in the sort of pushed position, which is Britt Baker, which uh, her character's, you know, splitting opinions and whatever. Like, but, but she's they're at least doing something with her. There's a push behind her. And the other two have the title match that we're going to talk about later on. And then there's all these other women down here, sort of, and I don't say down here disrespectfully. Right. But here's the women that I would love to see fighting for the title. Because, spoiler alert, I do not give a shit about the title, ma- the women's title match. And I want to give a shit about Britt Baker, but they're giving her character push, not feud push, not rivalry push. So it's a push by itself. So, again, you, you come around to that, well, it wouldn't bug me so much, and we, I could look at that division and say, oh, well, you know, they're finding their, their feet, they're finding out what works, they're, you know, switching out the parts and... No, that's not a pun. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. I bet you do. Um, like if they had said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start from the ground up and we're gonna build this women's division from scratch. It's gonna have its own identity, and when we get there, won't it be great?" They came out there day one and said, "We are gonna have a women's division unlike anything else. We are gonna be more diverse and more empowering and equal pay and blah 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 blah." But like they have. They have what Monday Night Raw had 10 years ago. Here's our show, and here's our token women's match. And that's what it feels like. And in that case, I want them to put more... I want them to put as much... Because uh, Kenny Omega runs the women's division, if I'm correct. Or he helps book it, or something. Uh, he Kenny helps uh, book the Jodo girls. So all the Japanese uh, talent, he's the one that they go through and uh, they work with. Uh, because since he knows how to speak uh, in the Japanese language, and okay. he's he's the one that has the relationship with all the Japanese women. Oh, so he's the go-between for that part of the world. Correct. Okay, then I then I had a slight misunderstanding there. I thought he was the one booking the women's division along with no. Randy Rhodes. Okay. No. Okay. Because uh, I, I was going to say, gonna say put, the, put the motivation that you put behind him behind the, the division that he's booking, but that, that doesn't really work, does it? Um, right. The, the, let's uh, let's tell another joke. The uh, the Nightmare Collective. Yeah, that's uh with Uncle Fester. With Uncle Fester, like just randomly in the mix. Um, but yeah, I just uh, it's an awesome show that has a layer of just a bunch of little individual things that rub me the wrong way that keep me from saying, you know what, I'm hot for AEW. AEW right now, as as people listening to this show know, AEW is what I put on in the background when I'm editing my NXT review. <laughs> and I don't. And the, th- the funny thing is, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to try to find AEW. AEW broadcasts live on TSN up here in Canada, and I would still rather, at this point anyway, I would rather pull a really really janky USA network stream through my computer and watch NXT live and catch AEW later on down the line. And if it wasn't for all these little nitpicky things that I wish weren't there, I, I, I probably could enjoy the show and I'd probably be as hyped as I'm sure you are. Yeah. So I really, I really want you to bring all your excitement and I really want you to come into this show tonight and balance me out. But I, I, there's going to be a lot of calling it like I see it. (laughs) So, 
with that being said, and with, you know, super negative spaz kind of on the shelf, we're actually going to dive into the card. Uh, on the pre-show, I don't know when this was announced, because I didn't hear them talk about it on the show last night. We have uh, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky of SoCal Uncensored, obviously with Christopher Daniels taking on the Dark Order, who are going to be accompanied by Alex Reynolds and John Silver. And we're going to meet the the Exalted One, and it's going to be delightful, apparently. I don't, I, I don't think we get the Exalted One just yet. I think they tease him. And then we get him at the next pay-per-view, because the next pay-per-view, the Exalted One will be wonderful, yeah! But probably not. I mean... <laughs> no, I don't want to sound unpatient, but uh, one of AEW's selling points is they have less pay-per-views per year, so when you say, oh, it'll just happen at the next pay-per-view, that's quite a ways away, is it not? It can be, however, it might not be. Now, they said that they will do, that they want to do, like, one pay-per-view every other month-ish, give or take, so it all depends, honestly. Okay. A little bit of a built-in story here, they're kind of pursuing Christopher Daniels on the assumption that Daniels is sort of having a bad time, and Dark Order are the guys that pick up other guys that are on a downward slope at the time. Basically, you know, they're, they're... they got a, a ragtag bunch of lost boys sort of thing going on. Um, compared to when it started, compared to when we first met them, and commentary said, oh my god, that's the Dark Order, and nobody knew who the fuck they were talking about, to yeah. now. Wh- wh- where do you see these guys right now? Uh, upper mid-card-ish. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know, it's... It's hard to say because they haven't got a lot of TV time. Like they are building it, they're 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 really doing a slow roll building it of uh, with the Dark Order now. Eva Uno and uh, whatever the other guy's name, uh, Stu Grayson. After I've seen them before live, okay, uh, and both are really good workers. Like both uh, Eva Uno moves. Way too well for a guy as big as he is. Do they? Do they? Because we we did the whole like watching it on live versus being there live video last year. Do they have like an aura when they when they come to the ring? Like, is there a different feel to their matches? Like, you know, I mean, I hate to do this because it's such a bad comparison, but we always talk about with characters like The Undertaker, yes, it's the go-to example, whatever, there is an entirely different feel if Undertaker's involved in a match. And right. I and I think desperately AEW wants the Dark Order to sort of have that kind of effect on a match. Being there live, does it have any sort of like overarching effect over the crowd over the match that they're involved in. Is there any element like that? At the moment, uh, I don't, I don't want to say so just because they're, it's a newly established type group character. It's not fully, it's not there yet. If, if that makes sense. Like, okay. It has, it needs, especially whenever I saw it live, they weren't built enough. Like that was like maybe the third time they were actually like TV wise. Okay. The reason I ask is because I I don't 
One thing that I don't like about wrestling most of the time, sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't. I don't like when you're showing me something and you don't, and I don't know what you're trying to show me. When they right. first when they first debuted, they do like the whole blackout and they come out in the dark and whatever, and they got the creepers and all that sort of thing. And I thought they were trying to be like the typical like wrestling supernatural group. You were supposed to be intimidated by them, scared by them. They were supposed to creep you out. And now they, it seems like they've shifted from that to okay, they're a cult, they're a gang, they're just recruiting people, which is a very different vibe. But they've basically started acting like that, but nothing else about the act itself has changed, other than these amazing vignettes that we've gotten, these amazing sort of, like, recruiting video type of uh, infomercial, almost, like televangelist type things. And everything that's awesome about that, and it is, we, we give... WWE credit all the time because the one thing they always knock out of the park is their 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 uh, video package content and AEW I would say I would go as far as to say that they're on par with WWE in that regard but I don't in any of their live performance see anything that the the pre-produced um, you know bells and whistles package is giving us and I think I think that's 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 bad because you're telling you're telling people how great an act that you're about to see in the ring is, and then the the thing in the ring is just like okay, they're two dudes, and one of them's in a mask, and one of them's a little bit painted up, and they got guys outside, and we don't really know why. It's uh, it's a, uh, back to the back to the uh, thing that I was saying before. It's like a promise that doesn't quite deliver. Right, and I think again, I go back to it. You pull back on that promise a little bit. If the videos were a little simpler, our our assumptions, our expectations would adjust, and we would better take in what we see from them on a live show in the ring, in the context of a match. Uh, I don't know. And much as I like SCU, I don't know that they're the opponents that are going to get me excited about the Dark Order because they feel like, even though, and this is weird to say too, because they were the inaugural tag team champions, they feel like they're treading water as well. Like they're sort of walking in space, or walk, sorry, walking in place. Yeah. It feels like we, we, we use them to get the titles out there, but now that we got the titles out there, we put them on guys that we see as bigger guys, which is fine. The Hangman and Omega story is an interesting story that we'll talk about later, but it feels like we put them on uh, SCU so that we could take them off SCU, which leaves them sort of sitting in place and Dark Order kind of sitting in place. And it's a kickoff. This is, by definition, what you throw on a kickoff because I don't think it's going to have an impact. Like, by the end of by the end of Jericho Moxley, at the end of the night, we're not going to remember this match, is what, I'm, com- what I'm coming around to. I agree with you on that, uh, but I also think that they're also using SEU and those guys more uh, as a stepping stone and a gauging of where, where they can put some of these talents, because... Daniels is definitely in his, the latter part of his career where he's literally just being more or less a trainer. Right. Uh, well, he's, he's, almost out the, he's almost out there like their manager at this point. Right, exactly. Which is fine, 
which I don't have a problem with, don't get me wrong, and I don't like saying that I'm losing interest in SCU, because the three guys in that group, individually, I like. I remember, even when TNA started falling apart, I remember Daniels and Kaz being a couple of the guys that kept me watching that brand. Scorpio Sky is just getting started. Like, that's a that's another story yeah. for another time. The match he had with Jericho last year was fucking great. He, he's sort of the anomaly within that group, but I don't want to sit here and crap on Daniels and Kaz. I like Daniels and Kaz, but especially with Daniels, if he's... We don't want to look at Daniels like we look at The Undertaker. And Undertaker just showed up in Saudi Arabia, and he's he's old, and isn't it sad? Like, I don't want to say shit like that about Daniels. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Daniels. <laughs> I mean, Taker Goldberg last year. I don't want to have a moment like that with Christopher Daniels. I don't think we'll ever get a moment like that with Christopher Daniels. I feel like Christopher Daniels will take himself out to pasture before he gets to that. Yeah. Or as or as you say, like if he is if his role becomes more defined as a manager, yeah, uh, I could see him. I I could see him going through maybe breaking away from SCU and like man, like picking out a random young team and being like, look, I can do something with these guys. Let me let me be a mouthpiece for them. Let me be a a corner person for them for a while and then you get the whole oh we turned on our our manager and blah 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 and then you know scorpio sky comes and kicks somebody's ass and it's fine i they got to give me more to care about in this match because i don't know where scu is going and i don't know what dark order is but that being said i definitely know dark order is going over yeah agreed uh scu as a tag team are kind of in that ziggler role uh, of just, you know, anybody that you're trying to get over, put them with SCU, and they'll get over. Um, I know, I did. I haven't watched it yet, uh, I know uh, Mansoor in uh, Saudi Arabia had a match with Dolph Ziggler, and you don't do that unless you're trying to make Mansoor look good. Yep, because, uh, you know, Ziggler is the uh, new Shawn Michaels. Yeah, um, but there's a couple, there's like Ziggler, there's Cesaro, there's even Tyler Breeze, to a lesser degree, in NXT. But if uh, SCU are there functioning as a tag team Ziggler for AEW, that's awesome. And my hat's yeah. off to them. But even that, they got to find a way to define it. And and because uh, if they're on, like, I, I'm, I'm getting really repetitive now, but you got two tag teams that I don't know what to think about. And that doesn't really motivate me. And the fact that you put it on the pre-show sort of reinforces that it's not that motivating. And I don't know when this was announced. I don't think there, there was anything that happened on the show that led us to this match, which makes it extra kickoff acceptable. They may have announced... Uh, I'll be honest, I have not watched any, like, BTE at all in the past, like, okay. month or so. I never so have. It may, be, it may be something that they have announced or put on there. Okay. I, I they, watch... do, they, they do a lot of, like, stuff that they can't throw on Dark or throw on uh, the... Uh, Dynamite, they'll throw in BTE. Okay. Now, flip side, I mean, you did see Dynamite last night. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. So you saw the match that we had announced last night. Yes. <laughs> what do we think about Pac versus Orange Cassidy? <laughs> I hate to say it, I'm actually excited to see it. I'm actually excited to see it, too. Just because you, you're putting somebody like Pac freaking outrageous in the ring can do anything and everything against yeah. Orange Cassidy. 
Mr. Who... Puts his hands in pockets. And... Okay, here... here yeah. Here... Gimmick to the full ex- fullest extent. Yes. Here's where I, I have a little criticism, and it's just a, hey, this could have been better. It's not a, I'm shitting on AEW with both cheeks or anything. Orange Cassidy had that interaction with Pac after the after the Iron Man match last night. Yeah. Uh, and he got clocked, and he got sort of a little bit of a beatdown from Pac, right? But then, Orange Cassidy out later on with best friends for their match against Butcher and Blade. Butcher and Blade is another story that I don't even want to get into. Um, hey, what, whoa, 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 what about the bunny? What about the bunny? The bunny, the bunny was there. This is what I'm talking about. The, the standoff. <laughs> The standoff between Pac, or sorry, between Orange Cassidy and the bunny, where she stole his glasses, but he stole the bunny ears, and all that, and it was all good, and it, and it was all hysterical, and it was exactly what we want from Orange Cassidy, and it was good, and I like Ali and and the bunny thing. It works. It's the only thing that works about Butcher and the Blade. It is. It is the Blake and Murphy and and Alexa Bliss of AEW because the bunny is the only thing that works for me. Um, what kills me about that is this happened. This, it was a great, you know, boy popping moment and all that sort of thing. And he did the bunny ears and it's all good. He, he doesn't, he, he can't be asked as, uh, as our friends at what culture would say, but this is like 20 minutes after he got like absolutely trounced by pack. If yeah. that match had happened, I, I know they wanted to start off hot. They wanted to make sure they steal all the ratings from NXT, so they put the Iron Man match right at the beginning. I get it from a marketing perspective, from a ratings perspective, from a just structuring the show perspective. Start off with that Iron Man match and get it off the ground hot. I, I understand, and I agree. But you could have put the, the, the fun, goofy match with the fun, goofy spot in first and had Orange, Cass- Orange Cassidy get trounced like after that because you got a guy that's violent and brutal and 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 can really really do some damage like Pac attacking this guy that doesn't do anything and then he's fine like 20 minutes later for a comedy spot it's not terrible it's not the end of the world they could have flipped those two and he could have been stayed laid out for the rest of the show and just have the other two come out and announce, hey, he's coming back. He's not doing too good right now, but he's going to see you Saturday. And they could have... It's it's a, it's a... They were so close if they had just flipped this. Like, if you move this domino this way and move this domino this way, you could have the entire V for Vendetta ending scene. But you don't. Right. The match in itself is fantastic for a lot of reasons. Pack is great. Uh, again, I'm just going to say, go back to the Omega... Um, Iron Man match. Pac's great. Like, he's intense as fuck. You don't remember that this guy was a cruiserweight. Right. And Orange Cassidy, to me, because I've only seen Orange Cassidy in AEW, I've only ever seen him as the guy with his hands in his pockets that doesn't really give a shit, I want to see what he actually looks like in a wrestling match. (laughs) I don't want anybody to tell me, because I want it to be... You know when you want it to be new, even if it's not new to everybody... Like I always used to say, when somebody came to NXT for the first time, they're new to me. Right. I, you you told me about Ember Moon. Classically, you told me about Ember Moon. The only thing you told me about was Stunner from the top rope. But I think I said, don't tell me anymore. Yep. I don't want anybody to tell me anything about what Orange Cassidy actually does in the ring. I want to see 
whether he stays in character. I want to see whether there's like an entirely other like, okay, I've snapped and now I'm this monster in the ring. But the intrigue alone makes this one of the most, one of, not the most, but one of the most anticipated matches in the night for me. I... I gotta say I want Cassidy to win because it's his debut and because I do like the gimmick. I'd love to see the guy that doesn't give a shit get a win. I'd love to see him get. I, I would love to see him get the win and then not care. Uh, you know, referee goes to raise his hand. He doesn't even want to raise his hand. He just does the thumb. Mm-hmm. Like, anyways. But I've rambled on that quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure you have a take that I'm not going to steal. Uh, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first I'm gonna pick Pac. I'm picking Pac to win it, but. This okay, so I, I'm not going to tell you really much, but Cassidy can go. When he turns the switch, he is a worker. He he can work like it's it's good. Uh, this match, I mean, it's a self-explanatory. It's it's going to be gimmicky at first, and then once they turn it on and both of them hit the switch, this might be something that actually like could potentially be a match of the night, like up there, at least top three matches of the night, possibly. Okay. So I'm, I, I'm looking forward to it just to see what, what's going to end up happening between everybody, because it's, it's definitely interesting. Going to be fun to watch. I, yeah. And I want, and I want to be clear. I don't doubt, like when I say, don't tell me anything, like I don't doubt that he can go like the stuff that he does with his hands in his pockets is stuff that the wrestlers that we love probably couldn't pull off just from a coordination point of view. So I don't, I don't doubt that he can go. I don't doubt that he can go pretty damn well. I just don't know what it looks like. You know what I mean? And it's all, it's like, um, and I mean, it's very, very similar. The whole match that Darby Allen did with his hands tied behind his back. Right. Now, exactly. he's, now he's not going to be the AEW champion in the next six months. There's a lot of people on that roster that we love, that we that we give all this praise to, that couldn't do what Darby Allen did, just because it's such a weird, unique type of in-ring ability to like, okay, I have to sacrifice my hands. I'll just do that with my foot, or I'll or I'll like lift myself up the uh, up the turnbuckle with my face or something. Um. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where you place this on the card. I. I think you do. You do something really big, like one of the matches that's gonna, like one of the matches that I predict is gonna be a brawl is uh, Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes, which we're gonna talk about in a second. Right. I think you put this on after a match like that, sort of clean off everybody's palate, because I don't think whether Pack absolutely destroys him or whether Orange Cassidy breaks out and shows me what he can do in the ring, either way, I don't see this match going that long. Right. Because they've waited this long to show us Orange Cassidy doing anything in a match capacity. I don't think they're going to give too much of it away because people like Pack, People want to see Orange Cassidy debut, but other than that, there's nothing on the line here. I think they're going to save more of, of that Orange Cassidy coming out of his shell, for lack of a better term, when there's something on the line. Now, we 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 need to, it's it's listed as number six on Wikipedia, and I have to use Wikipedia because AEW's website sucks. <laughs> um, we have to get it out of the way. It's listed as the sixth match on the card. The and I say this lightly: women's championship match, Nyla Rose. Versus Chris Statlander. Now, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off with something positive. 
I'm going to start out with something positive. A little bit of a spoiler for this channel sometime later on down the line. You and I are fantasy booking a WWE versus AEW uh, fantasy pay-per-view card. We've been sitting that on this. Correct. We've been sitting on this for a while. Uh, I had my card drawn up like back in November, and time has not been our friend. I will give you a tiny spoiler. Chris Statlander features very prominently on my fantasy AEW versus WWE card. I like. I I give a lot of shtick. To w or to AEW for just being full of you you know pirates yeah. and aliens and dinosaurs and isn't it all very fun? But like outside of the the um, the gimmick, which is kind of charming, I guess I love watching her work in the ring. I I really do. I I think they are still finding their way with this alien character. Uh, and that's fine, room to grow, etc. I've only seen her have, like, maybe five or six matches. Uh, but I really love her in the ring. I like watching her in the ring. She's got an energy. The, uh, the Big Bang Theory, as a finisher, is, is sort of brutal looking. I wish we had a different champion to have this match with. I, I completely agree with you, and I hate the fact that I have to pick Nyla Rose to win the match. She's you you, you can't you can't you can't give her the champion give her the championship and take it off of her that quickly. I think if you put the belt on Chris Statlander, it's the first move they've made in this division that wasn't political. And yeah, I'm, and I'm not and I'm not going to dwell on this because it's not the point of the thing. But what's what's the big What's the big thing in WWE? Oh, WWE never uses their, you know, their foreign wrestlers, specifically their Japanese wrestlers, properly, even though, you know, Asuka had a ridiculous tear in NXT and then went on to win the inaugural Women's Royal Rumble, but that's that's okay. We, we just ignore that for now. So it feels, it feels a little... It, I, I gotta say how I feel, right? Correct. It, it feels very counter AEW... Or, sorry, counter WWE to make their first champion Riho. I like Riho. I'm glad they I made like her Rio champion. Too. But it feels, again, it feels like, oh, we're going to do this. See, we did it. And then, you know, to go from one supposedly very ignored uh, group of people in the world to then sort of, I'm sorry, pandering to the LGBT community with a wrestler that I don't think is that great. And it, you and I had a conversation last year on this channel. I clipped it out. I made it its own video. You know, is it okay to not like Nyla Rose? Fuck yes, it's okay to not like Nyla Rose. And, uh, you know, I've had everybody tell me everything. Oh, you, you, you must hate the LGBT community. You must hate trans people. I'm like, I have trans friends. Fuck off. Uh, you, might, you must hate her because she's, like, part native. And I'm like, I didn't even know that the first time I saw her. So, no, I don't find her entertaining. And she looks like she's going to hurt somebody. So she goes into the same category as a Nia Jax or a, shot, or a, or a Sasha Banks. No, I, and I don't find her endearing as a character. Like she came out and she cut a she cut a weird growly promo about breaking little girls, and I'm like, that sounds a bit rapey. I'm what? not gonna lie, and I and I'm not saying that for a laugh. I'm not saying that for a pop. I'm just saying like legitimately, it was an uncomfortable promo, and I don't think that's where you were trying to go. Right. Uh. I honestly think that. So, I don't know if you uh, listened to it 
this past Wednesday, uh, Chris Jericho actually dropped a uh, podcast with her as the uh, guest. I know that he did. I haven't actually listened to Talkies Jericho in a long time. It's it's good. It's oh, good, it is. Uh, it is. I just haven't show. gotten around to it. But, I mean, okay, after listening to it, I, I do like her a little bit more and everything, but she still doesn't impress me. I don't see the, I don't see the, what you call the value, honestly. Yeah, and it's not like, and what, I, 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 again, I sort of temper what I say because I know there are, like, whether I like it or not, there are political implications to the things that I'm saying. I don't care that, you know, they have a person on their roster that is from the transgender community. That's awesome. That is where I gave, uh, where, you know, we said it last year, I'll say it again here. I think it's awesome that you're reaching out to those communities that don't get touched on that often to give people from those communities opportunities. But those people still need to do the work and still need to get the following. And if the only reason they have the following, and this goes for anybody from any community, I'm not singling out any specific type of person. If you're there because you're from that, you know, representing that community or whatever, but that's the only reason you're there that's counter what you're trying to get done that's like um i don't know if you heard it or not but when uh when the worlds collide show was coming up i made the example of nia Jax. and nia Jax. i try to be nicer to nia Jax because she's working really hard she's trying to get back she blew out both knees that sucks i try to be nicer to nia Jax, but i still have the criticisms of her that we all had and the, critic- the criticism that you get back is, well, she's really important on the roster. Well, why is she important? Well, because she, you know, represents, you know, bigger people, people of different body types, people of larger body types need to feel like they're represented in their shows and whatever. And look, I'm not a small person. I can understand the whole, hey, I want to look on TV and see somebody that looks like me. But if I see somebody that looks like me that sucks, you're not representing me very well. You're actually doing the opposite. And where I said you should do if you're going to go with like the whole body positivity thing is reach down into NXT UK, pull up Piper Niven who would fill in that role, who would do it positively. Now if you go and get, um, draft uh, more people from you know Nyla Rose's particular community that can go out there and put on you know Cracker Jack matches and impress me, I will be just as for them as I am for people like Chris Statlander. But the bottom line is that Nyla Rose, no matter who she is, no matter what she is, no matter how she presents herself, how she lives her life in her private life, which is none of our business anyway, she doesn't entertain me. And... And you know what? It's sports entertainment. As much as they're not sports entertainment, they're real wrestling. It's sports entertainment. And the second half of that matters. Yes. Agreed. I I really hope that Statlander wins. Plus, it's kind of cool to be the first, you know, you know, the first person of one community to be the champion. She could be the first person from the alien community to be a women's <laughs> champion in AEW. I'm trying to put a lighter spin on it because I know the things that I'm saying are controversial and I know there's people hanging on my every word that are going to try and make it sound terrible. I don't hate Nyla Rose. I really don't. If she gets better, I will be happy for her and I will be happy for her to come back and be champion again. But it's not there right now. Like like I say, Nia Jax blew out both knees. She's been busting her ass to get back. Apparently, I've heard little bits and pieces. If she comes back, and if she's better, and if she stops breaking people's faces, I'll be happy for her. I will welcome that with open arms. It's the same thing here. 
And eventually I'm going to come up with a way of making references in AEW that are just not, hey, it's like this thing in WWE, but I'm not quite there yet. I need to improve too. Yes. But anyway, anyway move on to move on, moving on to a better match. <laughs> so any of the other matches on the card. Uh, okay, so I said Pac versus Orange Cassidy was one of my most anticipated matches of the night. My most anticipated match of the night, and yes, I'm including some of the main events in this, is Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Guapo, what the fuck can we say about this? Somebody's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> but also, how good is Sammy Guevara? So fucking like, good. Like, being like the little snivelly sidekick to Chris Jericho. And Darby Allen is just over as fuck. I uh, he he's there, Jeff Hardy. I'm gonna keep saying it until it's not true anymore. Uh, it's it's it is. That's the thing. And he's he's legitimately insane. I don't think he cares what happens. Like my introduction to him was that coffin drop on the apron. And yeah, we've, we've that, only that, gone... that, I mean, that was both of our introductions to him, and, and only damn. difference was I got to see him do it live, and we all thought he died. Yeah. I mean, with... I would say that the Inner Circle gets involved here, and Darby Allin becomes the victim, leading into Jericho, you know, later on in the night, so that they can tell an all-night-long story. But I think because... The uh, I think they might avoid that just because Inner Circle is spread out so far throughout the card. Like, Guevara's got a match, Hager's got a match, Jericho's got a match. Uh, we don't exactly know what Jeff Cobb is doing, if anything. The only ones that don't have matches are um, the tag team, whose name I can never remember. Tag team? The tag Which team in the Inner Circle. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, LAX. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but what what are they called in AEW? Uh, they're... Santana and Ortiz? Ortiz, yeah, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, so unless, unless, uh, Sammy Guevara is coming down with those two, because the three, within the, within the inner circle, those three seem to be a little group within the big group, so uh, you might get that, but I mean, I think Darby Allen could find one or two people to back him up as well. Maybe Darby Allen comes down, like, with the Jurassic Express or something. I don't know. Um, the match is going to be insane. I mean, uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a dick. They can't have a cruiserweight division in AEW because a lot of their main Avengers would end up in that cruiserweight division. But this is their equivalent of what a cruiserweight match on a WWE pay-per-view would be. This is where, I know we got the Young Bucks coming up and whatever, this is where you're getting your high spots, I think. This is where you're getting your holy shit moment. Uh, I hope he brings back the body bag, and he does, like, the, the coffin drop in the body bag, because that was fun. Or we, like, just wheel Sammy Guevara out after the match on the on a big skateboard, something, something along those lines. But uh, I would almost, I, I imagine... There's a good possibility this one goes to a non-finish, and then they get, like, they build up to the next pay-per-view, and they have, like, some weird extreme stipulation attached to it, because Darby Allin in a, in a no-holds-barred match, or Darby Allin, God help us, in, a, in like, a ladder match-type scenario. Maybe we could do another body bag match. <sighs> Not buried alive, just 
bagged alive. Yeah, pretty much. You remember the what the buried alive match was in TNA? When you didn't bury the guy, you just, like, put him in a bag on the stretcher outside, and that was their buried alive match? Yeah. That was, that. Uh, that was something. Remember that, that time when you bought uh, Bound for Glory? Spaz. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I had a really bad joke on Twitter, and I don't know whether I want to tell it here or not. You know who remembers? Petrid Farm remembers. No, uh, Impact made a lot of headlines because they put their men's title on a woman. AEW made a lot of headlines by doing the opposite. Oh! Anyway. Darby Allen. <laughs> Darby Allen's winning. Sammy Guevara walks walks out, crawls out. Um, he, he gets his uh, head super kicked off again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, okay. Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. I don't know what to think about this match. Somebody will die. Somebody will bleed. Huh? Somebody's going to bleed. Somebody will continue to be old. Yeah. I mean, Dustin Rhodes is a phenom, like, in the context of AEW. Don't get me wrong. The fact that he, at his stage in life, is pulling off, like, Canadian destroyers and shit is not to be made fun of. But I'm sorry. I'm going to be the WWE guy for a second. This is Jack Swagger and Goldust. I, yeah. Uh, I want to care. I really do. Because Dustin Rhodes has a lot of respect, and I don't think Jack Swagger was ever used properly in WWE. So those are the two things that make you want to enjoy this match. I know Jake Hager's gone on and done like some legit MMA type shit. How yep. that how that changes the dynamic, I don't know. Um I don't know. I think you might get a uh, like a sympathetic storyline rather than a match where Dustin Rhodes, you know, wants to keep going, wants to keep going, but just ends up getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. It's... Okay, so Dustin's definitely going to get busted open. Yep. See, the problem with them doing the the blood spots with Dustin Rhodes, because, you know, a blood spot is there for effect. It's there for the drama, etc. But the guy paints himself half red. Yeah. And it doesn't show. Like, the match he had with Cody, so many people watching that match were like, yeah, it took us a long time to realize that that wasn't just face paint, like, smearing on his face, that he had actually busted himself open. So I think by doing that, by taking that role with him specifically, the way he presents himself, I think they miss the effect that they're going for, because anybody watching is going to be like, oh, is that, you know, is he busted open, or did he just mess up his face paint? Unless he goes with a different look, which he could, but... If you're going with a different look, just so that you know the blood is blood, then you're telling people in advance, okay, yeah, there's there's going to be blood soon, you know, don't bother being surprised. So they're, they're, I'll give them a little bit of sympathy in that they are in a really sticky spot where they're trying to put that together for him. I mean, he's Darth Maul and Goldust. Yes, like, yes he is. T- together, it's it's fine. The the logo, his own head logo on the back of his gear even has like the little horns sticking out like Darth Maul. I gotta say Jake Hager, because everybody that they've got under Jericho right now ends up looking like a million bucks. And Jake Hager, so far, has looked like a million bucks just being the big scary dude standing behind Chris Jericho. 
I, I definitely could see them doing uh pulling Jake Hager as the uh as the winner for this one. Okay. Um any any benefit long term to them having Dustin Rhodes go over here? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, he's old, don't let him have a win. But story-wise, all it does is is put a notch against the inner circle, which is probably one of the more entertaining things on the show. Jericho, Jericho just doesn't give a fuck. We're going to get to that shortly. Yes. But, like, his, his level of not give a fuckery, like, he's already got, you know, big, massive fucking dude in, in Hager. He's got the tag team behind them. He's got his little protege in Sammy Guevara just, like, walking around there like a weasel and still felt the need to go and get Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Like, his not give a fuck meter is, like, in the stratosphere. Uh, Jake Hager. I don't think AEW any particular storyline gains anything from Dustin Rhodes getting a win here other than it would be a nice feel good moment I'm going to let you take the reins on the next one because I'm pretty sure this is the match that most people are jizzing over for the AEW World Tag Team Championships Kenny Omega and drunk ass Adam Page taking on the Young Bucks go look as a quote from good old Colonel Sanders, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. And I, I, I look, I love the seeds that they're planting with, uh, with what you call it right now. It's, it's really good. Uh, it's helping everyone and you're going to take away page from the elite. I honestly think the Bucks are going to win because Paige is going to do something and Paige is going to not be a part of the lead anymore. He's going to uh, screw things up for everybody. If, I have a question for you, because the first time they put Paige in a world title scenario, he didn't really, or at least a lot of people, including me, thought like he didn't look like he fit in the main event. Yeah. Uh, especially against a fucking, like, Jericho's... Jericho's their John Cena. Like, if John Cena came into AEW tomorrow, he wouldn't be as over as Chris Jericho. So putting right. Hangman in there as a test against somebody like Chris Jericho was probably a little unfair. But his first, uh, you know, build-up to his first potential uh, title match was sort of seen as a bit of a miss. Right? He was also going in as a babyface, more or less. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, if John Moxley does beat Jericho, which we're going to get to, is there money in a heel Adam Page going after John Moxley? I'm okay with that. You're okay with uh, it, but it, but is is it is it the first thing you'd pull off your list? No. Because the only reason you split them back up again is for them each to pursue individual things and I hate to say it because I know it would be good but Kenny Omega and John Moxley again so soon after their lights out match I don't know that I need that quite yet and I don't know that Adam Page and Moxley with I mean we just talked about how over Jericho is how the fuck over is Moxley right um thing is like they're not a tag team 
Uh, it's the same criticism. I'll, I'll go. I'll go to my my beloved NXT. It's the same criticism that some people are finding a way to levy at the Broserweights right now, even though the Broserweights are like the greatest thing ever, and they've got the golf cart, and it's fine. Um, but you know, they're they're not a real tag team. They're two individual individual guys. So if you split up Kenny Omega and Adam Page, even though that's where they're definitely going, one of them has to go up. And neither one of them going up is the most exciting prospect. So, I mean, the Young Bucks get the tag titles, and a lot of people feel like, well, we were just waiting for that to happen all along. So they win, and it's like, well, yeah, we thought that was going to happen. And then you got Kenny and Adam, who either fight each other, which would be fine. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but the thing is with that, even with that, like, I look, if they split up, and then they feud with each other. You got to imagine at some point that Kenny versus Page is a number one contenders match for two different options that we don't really want going into the world title picture right now. It's it's very it's it's a Rubik's cube where like there's no way to twist it where all of them fit. Now that being said, I will I will put my my WWE NXT bias aside. This match is going to be fucking phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's a reason why I say NXT gets women's wrestling, AEW gets tag team wrestling, and the Young Bucks are a big part of that, and I get it. And Adam Page and Kenny Omega are are great. We've seen the matches that they've been having the past little while, especially with uh, Penta and Ray. Um, it's going to be a great match, but I don't know what the winning move is here. I really don't. And it's hard for me to... Ch- because, you know, there's four people in there that we like... There, it would be easy to say, oh, well, the Young Bucks definitely have to win because they're going to go off and do this. Or Kenny Omega should hold, and Adam Page should hold on to their titles for a little bit because they're going to go on and face so-and-so. Or they're going to split off because Adam Page definitely needs to go off on, on his own and do this. There's no, there's no clean trail. G- Guapo, give me a clean trail for any of these guys. <sighs> There isn't right now because, I, and we're going to keep coming back to the point of, not that I, not that they really need a secondary title right now, but AEW needs a secondary title for to do something with all these other people right now. I feel like if they do get a secondary title, it's going to be glued to MJF, which I'm okay with, <laughs> but. I don't know, I'm just... Kenny Omega versus MJF for the AEW number two championship. More or less. I mean, they can't even book one of the titles that they have now. What makes you think they can book another one? Hey! Lord. I, I don't... I, I, I said it coming in. Uh, there's a lot of good shit on this card, but I don't know what to do with any of it. I I predict the Young Bucks are going to win, but the problem you get coming out of that is everybody sees the Young Bucks as the greatest tag team ever in the history of ever. So if you put the belts on them, who do you who do you send after them? Right. Um, like Dark Order is a joke. <laughs> Butcher and the Blade are jokes. We've seen them face Lucha Brother. I was about to say Lucha House Party there. We've well, seen them face the Lucha Brothers like at nauseum for other tag team titles. Um, best friends and uh, hybrid two and all them definitely feel like mid card 
tag teams. No disrespect to them. It's just how they're presented at, at the moment. I You could have them go up against SCU again, but I think we've already seen that as well. It feels like end of the line for those belts if you put them on the Young Bucks, because everybody's going to think that the Young Bucks should never lose them. And that's as exciting as it is to put the most popular tag team and have the belts on them or whatever, it's a dead end for the titles. Right. And as I say, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, if they lose and stay a tag team, do they just keep feuding with the Bucks for a while, which will get old? Kenny Omega going up against the champ, like Omega Jeric, or sorry, Omega Moxley will happen again at some point. There will be a point where we're ready for it, and it spaces itself out enough from the hardcore match they had with the big barbed wire spiderweb thing. That will happen, but I think you, I think you give it a year. Yeah, I agree with you because I don't see them being. I really don't see them doing that right now. No, so, uh, I don't see them. I see if they split them up at all. I don't see Kenny and if. The Bucks win. I don't see Kenny and Paige chasing the titles again. I think this is just a one and done type thing right now with uh, putting them together and doing that. I think they put, and this is a weird thing, and, and AEW are not the only ones that are guilty of this, right? I think there's a lot of times where you put two guys that are not a tag team and you give them a tag team title that leads to them fighting more. That makes right. them more singles guys than they were before, and that's really weird because it's a really, it's a really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It feels like an inappropriate use of a tag team title to be a prop in a singles feud. And you know we kind of accept it with WWE because WWE, I will say it, isn't greatest with tag teams and tag keeping up tag team divisions as a whole. That's where clearly AEW gets the nod. But that's why I don't want it if their if their nod is going to be tag team wrestling, that's why I don't want them to make a move like that that we kind of accept from WWE. It it, it would be like putting another women's title on Sasha Banks. Like just, <laughs> just don't do it. I'm an asshole, but it's fine. Right. I I wish they weren't as great with tag team wrestling because then I would expect I, I would accept tag team titles being a prop in a singles feud, which I just don't. It's going to be the Young Bucks. I don't know why I'm tap dancing around it. T- young Bucks are going to win. Adam Page yeah. is going to go off and be emo and and weird. And uh, Omega is going to just keep having random good matches for reasons. For some reason, I want to see Omega versus Darby Allen, but it'd be weird because they're both faces. Mega versus Darby. Yeah. W, I would love to see that too. Actually, you yep. know what? If they split up, start off two separate feuds where people can sort of trade off opponents. I'm looking at the Darby Allen-Sammy Guevara match. Ha, let Kenny Omega take a shot at Sammy Guevara. Let Adam Page take a shot at Darby Allen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Darby Allen would be over as fuck and Adam Page would just go back to being booed. But whatever. That's fine. This young, is Buc- true. young Bucks are going to win. I don't know why I tap danced around that for so long. MJF versus Cody Rhodes or Cody. Yes. I'm going to let you talk first. What, what, what do we what, do? We need to speak about how well the greatest, uh, youngest, rising, fasting, uh, fastest rising star of the wrestling community. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman 
is being objectified and made forced to fight Cody. This, I mean, who's Cody? He's he's nobody. I mean, no, no. He Cody can't even afford a uh, Burberry scarf if even if he tried. But anyway, I'm gonna tell you something, Guapo. I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> yes, tell me. Okay, first of all, I love I love MJF. MJF's great. I love MJF. Even too. even Wardlow's great. I fucking hate Cody Rhodes. <laughs> why, why why do you hate like the, I the fucking coaster? I fucking why, hate why, why Cody do you, Rhodes. Why do you hate Why do you hate the roller coaster? I hate Cody Rhodes so goddamn much. <laughs> like it's absolutely Which, it's absolutely unreal how much is, is it because of stupid face? Because I hate that part too. No, it's because the AEW fans will never admit that Cody Rhodes has made himself more John Cena than John Cena. I I I hate the the fact that he leans on his dad more than Charlotte Flair. I hate the fact that he cries more than Charlotte Flair. I hate the fact that he decided to make a new rebooted version of The Passion of the Christ and cast himself as Jesus. I hate the fact, I still hate the fact that he thought he was so ingenuitive and so like hip and cool and with the times when he did the stupid entrance with the Triple H throne. I hate the fact that he has continued that with his first action figure. Oh, and it just happens to come with a sledgehammer. I hate the fact that this is being presented. Oh, look at me. I'm Cody Rhodes. I'm so good. I'm doing what's best for the company. I'm not going to wear the belt myself. I'm not even going to put myself in another title match, but I'm going to book a feud for myself with more melodrama than any world title match this company has had so far. Guapo, I hate Cody Rhodes. So Uh, much. Do you hate Cody Rhodes? So much. He's such a melodramatic twat. (laughs) Like, he is... And look, my dad was friends with DDP, and and Arn Anderson broke daddy's leg once, and I'm going to pretend that I invented cage wrestling. Fuck off. I'm going to make sure my opponent's finishing move is called the F10, because I'm petty. Fuck off. I hate Cody Rhodes. That's how I really feel. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what I hate even more? I hate, and this is where the John Cena factor comes in, I hate how much he enjoys making me hate him. Mm-hmm. I hate Cody Rhodes. I so do. I'm guessing, are you, are you picking <laughs> Cody to win? Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's he's the wrestler and the boss, so what's he doing? Going to the boardroom and sucking his own cock. Like, this is what's happening. The only person that sucks Cody Rhodes' cock more than Cody Rhodes is Michael Sidgwick from what culture? Moving on. <laughs> I'm not wrong either. But like, G- uh, Jesus Christ, no, s- s- no. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, all all credit to you. You got hit by a belt from a bigger dude. I don't care what your kinks are. That 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 lashing segment they did a couple weeks ago on on Dynamite was the most disgustingly self indulgent bullshit I've ever seen a wrestler book for themselves. Fuck Cody Rhodes. Like, like, 
with every fiber of the being that is me as a wrestling fan, fuck Cody Rhodes. Fuck him. I want MJF to win because he's facing Cody Rhodes. I would want MGF to win anyway. I mean, he's 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 sort of like discount Ben Miz, but it's fine. Him and Wardlow were kind of like show Miz from back in the day. But I still want him to win. Do you know why I want him to win, Guapo? Tell me why you want him to win. I want him to win because he's fucking facing Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes is... He's such a <laughs> self-indulgent twat. It's unreal. It's unreal. And what pisses me off even more is he's a good wrestler. Yeah. He's a really good wrestler and no we never saw this side of him in wwe you know why because vince mcmahon had bigger better prettier boys sucking his cock than cody Rhodes. this oh oh okay can you tell me with a straight face that there isn't even a slight possibility that this is the main event it's not but would you be surprised if they did a little bit, but then really? again, uh, like I said, a little, but I don't know. Because there's some silly stuff <sighs> in in the title match as well, and and I'll get to that. Yes. Right? But, I just, I'm just going to say, like, the main event of the show that I write and I produce and I star in and I CEO over is me getting hit by a belt and everybody crying for me. Yeah. The comparison is Triple H has not walked in to NXT and had Walter punch him in the face. This is true. I I hate Cody Rhodes. I hate his wife that went off and tried to have her own faction and <laughs> failed and can't book a women's division to save her life. I I hate ah oh, and everybody is Cody's friend. Everybody mm-hmm. is Cody's friend. Everybody that we've made you love in this company cares about Cody. All the heels came out to watch him get whipped because they're all kinky and weird, and I don't really want to know. Butcher and the Blader there, but he's got the gimp mask on. It's fine. All the baby faces are coming out to, to cheer on Cody Rhodes, and his wife you know, comes out of her like voodoo goth cult nightmare hex thing she snapped her out it's like the the opposite of the lake of reincarnation it was the lake of carnation and she just sort of came back and like transformed into like the wife again and you know she can't buy a dress that has like a whole front which is fine except you know we're we're gonna bash the other company because they i hate them guapo i hate them so much tell me how you really feel my god i I understand what you what you're okay. saying, do you? but I, I but I, I don't I, I don't agree because I do I like Cody, but I've also liked Cody since he was in WWE. And the thing is, I never didn't like him. I liked him. Okay, he was the guy in WWE. If we want to go a little retrospective, he got thrown every piece of shit possible in WWE and made every single one of them work. He did the dashing. He did the deranged. He did the thing, the the thing with Ted DiBiase and Randy Orton, and made made that work. He hated Stardust and still made Stardust work. He is a great wrestler. He, for people that want to buy into his melodramatic bullshit, he's doing it fantastically. For the for the 
for all the bullshit that he says about we're going to present this like a real sports company and, and it's not just going to be sports entertainment storylines, he does more WWE pull fakely at your heartstrings WWE fictional storytelling type bullshit than WWE does. Right. And oh, by by the way, and I, I'm I'm friends with DDP, and and Arn Anderson is here, and we've got Billy Gunn. Remember Billy Gunn when he had hair? Like, <laughs> every everybody loves him. Everybody loves him, and but that's the story. The story is everybody loves him, and everybody that hates him is still paying attention to him, and because he's the center. You don't you didn't see the whole roster come out to observe anything between the two people that are going to be fighting for their world championship. You had Jericho and his band of cronies. You had Ambrose out there by himself. Sorry, Moxley out there by himself, and that was it. That should be the biggest thing in the company. If anybody, if any conflict going into any pay-per-view is going to draw out all the bad and all the good of the whole roster, it should be the world title. And if that doesn't prove to you that Cody Rhodes is booking himself above the title instead of giving himself the title so that he can technically say, hey, well, at least I didn't take the belt, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so, so much. So so you're going to pick Cody Rhodes to win? No, well, yeah. It's, it's the safe bet because he's booking it. But I want MGF to win. I want MGF to win. I want him to punch. I want him to punch him with the ring so that the entire company that he has created to sit in the center of and masturbate can be mm-hmm. imprinted on his fucking forehead. Oh, God. They had, they had Jim Ross on commentary sell his credibility by saying that AEW has completely changed cage wrestling. You built a cage that goes all the way to the floor instead of stopping at the apron of the ring. That's, that's all you did, and you did a moonsault off the cage, even though your boss told you not to, like every other wrestler has done ever. Jeff Hardy's top top of the cage whisper in the wind would like to have a word with you. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm done. I want MGF to win so badly. Even though I know Cody's going to book himself to win, I, 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 I am defiantly throwing my support 110% behind MJF, even though Wardlow's finishing move is the fucking F10, because AEW's petty. I hate them so much. Please, let's talk about the main events. We have Chris Jericho versus John Moxley <laughs> for the AEW world title. This is going to be awesome. It will be. It'll be Moxley's a very good... Pirate. You know why Moxley's a pirate? Because, because, a- you touch because AEW heard <laughs> that WWE is doing a pirate-themed WrestleMania, so now they've got two pirates, and they had a show on a boat. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Moxley Jericho is going to be great. Jericho is... Jericho, more than anybody else on that roster, is giving himself to that entire roster and making everybody else look great. And he knows which way the wind's blowing. John Moxley is there, Austin. Like, he's going to be the champion. Moxley's great. Um, For as dumb as the eye for an eye thing is, he's making it work. Yeah. Um, I kind of want there to be a last-minute announcement that this is a no-disqualification match, just because, like, the way they're playing off John Moxley, I think that'll work better. I Yeah, Moxley's winning. 
I could go on. I mean, if 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 the Cody element wasn't hanging over the previous match, I would go on a bit of a tirade on how silly the eye for an eye, like the spike off the jacket versus the car keys, and I could go on a big thing about like how the inner circle is trying to recruit people, just like the Nightmare Collective is trying to recruit people, just like the Dark Order is trying to recruit people, just like the Elite is probably trying to recruit people, uh, and that's getting a little bit repetitive, but it doesn't, like, by comparison to the Cody bullshit, it doesn't even feel that bad. Like, Jericho tried to get him into the, into the inner circle, and he played him. He came out in the inner circle shirt and played them at the last second. It's almost like Sting fooling the NWO. So it was a little bit more throwback, and if, it's, if it can manage to pull off a little bit more of a throwback feeling, it gets a little bit of a pass from me. But, I mean, Ambrose is just... is uh, Fuck, Moxley. I'm not even doing that intentionally, I promise. Uh, Moxley's going to give him a good match. Jericho... I'm not going to go as, into hyperbole as much as some people. I'm not going to say Jericho's as good now as he ever was, and, you know, he hasn't missed a step, because he's he's definitely missed a step. He's changed his style to a more brawling style because he's losing a step here and there. That's not a criticism. That's just, like, look how long the guy's been wrestling. Of, of course he has to change it up a little bit. Right. Um, but Moxley's... He's, he's going to give everything he's got as far as, you know, making, you know... Number one rule in wrestling, keep everybody safe. Number two rule in wrestling, make your opponent look good. He's going to make Moxley look like a million bucks. Yes, and he will. he's going to do it in front of a crowd that is basically sitting there waiting to love their new world champion, John Moxley. And all of that comes together. All that comes together really good. Um, yes, it's two WWE guys in the main event of an AEW pay-per-view, but I don't really even care. Um... Not that it's going to happen, but I, I almost kind of wish that, you know, there was one or two people loyal to Moxley that would take out the inner circle ahead of time so that whatever happens in this match, it is between the two of them. Because I think there would be some value in that, that, you know, they did actually go one-on-one -on -one and Jericho did actually put up his own fight and John Moxley did actually meet him fair and square. I don't know that it's going to be that clean, but... Um, balancing that out with how great I think the match is going to be, how good the storytelling is going to be, uh, I don't care. It'll be great. Uh, I do think we're going to have a moment in the match. Now, got to make my WWE comparisons once again. Do you remember when Vince McMahon agreed to fight Bret Hart at WrestleMania because he thought Bret Hart had a broken leg? Yeah. And after they signed the contract, Bret Hart just basically broke the cast off and put it on the table, and he's like, I'll see you Sunday. Yeah, I want there to be a point in the match while the introductions are being made where Moxley just like rips off the eye patch and it's like, oh, cool, that's what you look like, or something, or something smartass like that. So yeah. the very last, if we take out Jericho's backup and the last thing he has working in his favor is uh, Moxley's fighting with one eye, then you then he to have that moment and Jericho's the kind of guy that can sell it really well. That moment of sinking, like, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. It was at this exact moment that Mr. Jericho realized he'd done fucked up. <laughs> it's going to be good. The majority of this card is is kind of wonderful. Uh, yes. Pack versus Cassidy is really intriguing. Uh, if Statlander wins, I'll be okay with the women's match. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes... 
is really up in the air. The tag team thing, for as awesome as it's going to be, is really up in the up in the air. Cody Rhodes can go fuck himself. The title match is going to be great. Um, uh, also for the title match, I'm I'm picking uh, Mox to win. Are you? Okay. Yeah, uh, I think I think Jericho's time has balanced and has uh, what you call it. They it has run its course. It's time for a new champion. Okay. So here here's the question of where we're going to get a little bit hypothetical on both sides of the coin. If Jericho retains, who's his next challenger? If Moxley wins, who's his first challenger? Jericho retains. I think his next challenger might uh, be... Uh, out of everybody available right now... Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say who, who exactly would be going for it right now. I guess MJF, maybe? MJF and Jericho? Yeah. Heel versus heel, I think that would be really good. Sort of like who can be the bigger dick type thing. Yeah. I'm, al- I'm always up for Darby Allen getting another whack at Jericho just because they they played off each other really well. That's actually my that's actually my take. the The two takes that I would uh, that I would put up there are both guys that have already had a match with Jericho. One being Darby Allen and one being Scorpio Sky. If Moxley wins, uh, not that I think he'll drop it right away, but I think his first challenger should be Pac. Okay. And have it be like. Not even necessarily on a pay-per-view. Have it be a... Okay, so Pac would have to like go in there and absolutely destroy Orange Cassidy. Um, but come off of that, come off of that. Hey, we both we both had a good night on Saturday, didn't we? How about you put that on the line tonight, you know? Are you going to be, you know, fighting champion? Are you going to be like, like Chris was? Uh, and just to show how ballsy Moxley is, you know, three nights later to put his title on the line immediately... Uh, he would he would retain, but have a really good TV main event. Moxley versus Pac would be a nice start to his uh, title reign. Yes. Anyways, I think we did it, and I think we did it. We survived. Yeah, we 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 did. We we made revolution. Hey, you said you want a revolution. I'm never doing that again. Um, I mean, it's only five years after NXT had their revolution. I mean, what? Anyways, last thoughts Doesn't on the count. show. Last thoughts on the show before we go. It's gonna be fun. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy. I'm gonna be able to see it. It's gonna be a good show. Yeah, I I will try to love it despite hating some of it. Why don't you? Uh... I'll, I will make sure to message you uh, for the Cody match. Christ. <laughs> Yes, yes. I I hate him so much. (laughs) Look, I understand, but guess what? He's going to win. I hate him so much. No, he's going to let MGF win and then tell you how great he is for doing it. Moving on. Tell them where to find you. You Find me on Twitter, at Guapo underscore 504. I tweet never, but, you know, it happens. (laughs) Follow me. Look, look, how about this? The next person that follows me, I will give a personal shout-out to. Nice. And you guys know where to find me or you wouldn't be here. I'm going to do a quick plug here. If you're listening to this in an audio form, you want to find me on YouTube, search Spaz Phoenix. If you're listening to or watching this on YouTube, you want to find me in an audio platform, go to your favorite audio platform, put in Spaz Phoenix, 
podcast, you will find an audio uh, an audio output of this show. The what I haven't said very often, and I said it in my NXT review last night, there is a Spaz Phoenix podcast group on Facebook. There's not a whole lot of people on it because I'm not doing a very good job of advertising it. Find me find me on Twitter at Spaz Phoenix One. Find me on Instagram at Spaz Phoenix. And yeah, that's about it. I'm running out of things to say. Cody made me lose my voice. It's fine. I've been Spaz. He's been Guapo. We are your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. Right now, myself and Guapo are tagging out. Bye, guys. Adios, mis amigos.